I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And happy Batman Day, Paul. Ooh, happy Ooh. Batman Day. It's crazy. You know, we weren't going to come back. I mean, we, we just we just sh- shared with everybody last week that Funny Books is on hiatus uh, until we, we get on the like other that. side of Ahsoka. But yes, we are we are damn liars is what we are. Because, you know, I looked at the calendar and I'm like, holy crap, Saturday is Batman Day. We can't we can't let that go by without some sort of Funny Books appreciation of the bat. Exactly. I mean, what better superhero is out there besides Superman to celebrate? <laughs> and Wonder Batman. Woman. They're, no, Wonder Woman's not better than Batman. Get out of here. No, I'm good. All right. All right. <laughs> That's just crazy talk. Trying to be just... there for the ladies, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm very excited to, to discuss Batman things with you. Yes, of course, we did lie. Not intentionally. It we were just, misinformed, yeah. is what we, we were. Misinformed. We were misinformed. We didn't know there was a holiday coming up. That's right. A no very, a very, very special Batman holiday. And, oh. you know, I was going back and looking at the history of Batman Day. This day moves all over the calendar. You know? Yeah, I don't know what, what specifically drives what day they choose for Batman Day annually. I think sometimes it's based on a movie coming out or some type of special release, but well, I don't think we're having that now. The first, the first one was because it coincided with San Diego Comic-Con. And, and you're right. I mean, it, it's whatever event they are looking to push on a given date. And I, I have a hard time believing that Batman and Robin number one was the event they were trying to highlight. I'm not sure what they're achieving with a September 15th date, but I really do feel like DC Comics needs to settle on an actual Batman day. That way we can put it on the calendar and celebrate it annually. And it won't surprise podcasters like Paul and I like, oh, fuck, Saturday is Batman day. (laughs) We got to do something about this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you notice there's only two of us. We couldn't get everyone on the mic. That's right. That's right. I mean, they kind of jump on this. Yeah. Yeah. For your bogus made up Batman holiday. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there'll probably be a Batman holiday in February. We'll we'll do it again. They're going to change the dates every year. I just feel like it needs to tie to some event because that's what I was going to say. Is, is that the date of the original publication? No, um, I, I, it's just it's strange to me that the date just moves around willy nilly at the whim of people. I mean, there has to be a rule of how holidays are established, and I, uh, I just I feel like until DC picks a date and lands on it, and that is the date going forward. Very few people are going to take our Batman Day seriously. Yeah. That's my concern. This is you an know? important. This I mean, is kids went to school people. today, Paul. People, kids went to school today. I mean, the fuck. Who would do that? I mean, That's you don't right. know what's going to happen to your parents. You need to spend right. every waking moment with your parents because you never know when you're going to go down a dark alley after watching The Mark of Zorro. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And your parents are straight up murdered by and Joe. And your Chill. parents are no longer there. I mean, because you never know where Joe Chill is, for crying out loud. You don't even know who Joe Chill is. Joe Chill That's is right. everybody. He and could be the nobody. Joker. You never know. He might be. Yeah. I yeah. mean, only only a few times in Batman's history has Joe Chill been the Joker. But it could happen. It could. Ha- it has it happened. <laughs> you, know, you know, I have a funny story for you. Oh, a funny it story. It just occurred to me. as part. As Not part, like as one of the normal stories that you tell me. No, they're all terrible. <laughs> and really, this isn't really that funny either. Um, it's more funny like, huh. Than it is like an actual thing that's going to make you laugh. Um, so, friend of the podcast, Kyle, who uh, viewed from the Cheap Seats YouTube channel, he's he's actually covered uh, a number of events for us for our YouTube channel. Um, you know, he is friends with Jim Ballant, and if you're listening to our special Batman Day podcast, 
you probably know who Jim Ballant is. Um, but if you don't, Jim Ballant was a, a prominent DC artist in the um, Batman Nightfall era. He designed and drew um, a significant run on Catwoman, Catwoman when she was in the purple and black attire. Mm-hmm. It's all very mm-hmm. cheesecake art. Um, yep. He's also the current writer and co-creator and uh, co-writer and artist on Tarot. Um, which I think it's like Witch of the Black Rose or something like that. It's 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 his ongoing series, um, in which he has drawn my friend Kyle multiple times getting murdered, um, <laughs> as you do, as you do. Um, I got to meet Jim Ballant in uh, when I was in Orlando this past time. Oh, nice! I, I pretended not to know him because he's like, "This is my friend Jim." I'm like, "Oh, hi, nice to meet you." I wasn't like, "Oh my god, I love Catwoman! <laughs> I love your Catwoman!" No, I didn't. I did not do that. Um, uh-huh. but, but I did get to meet him and his lovely wife Holly. So that was very cool. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, the little Batman Day story for you. There you go. No, no bat was murdered in that story. A Batman Day. Batman. Batman. Yeah, day. Batman. Batman. Now you'll meet your doom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, is is Batman and Robin one of your favorite Batman stories of all time, Aaron? Batman and Robin number one? No, Batman and Robin the movie that you just oh, referenced. Oh, no. No, it is not. <laughs> it, it is not. But, you know, we let's talk about favorite Batman stories. Um, you know, I'm not talking about best Batman story. I'm talking about favorite Batman stories. And, you know... I think one of my favorites, and you know, I, I think you're going to make fun of me, but I, I let me step back and say that I am not a great big, huge, grim Batman kind of guy. Uh, don't get me wrong, I loves me some Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I, that is a perennial favorite here. I've got a, a, a beautiful leather bound, silver gilded. Uh, 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 hardcover of that mm-hmm. it is it, it it's it's a wonderful book i love it i read it all the time but my pr- i prefer my batman in the context of other heroes like i enjoy batman in the justice league i like i, yeah. I like batman and the outsiders and in particular i enjoy batman with superman and one of my favorite all-time stories, and again, this is a favorite story, not a best story. Uh, favorite meaning that, you know, it could be a guilty pleasure. You know, it could it acknowledges flaws, but, you know, it, it, it hits a groove. But one of my favorite all-time Batman stories is Generations by John Byrne. It was his three-volume uh, storyline taking the Batman-Superman relationship all the way from 1939 uh, and tells the story in, like, 10-year chunks for the most part mm-hmm. and, like, advances it, like, into the year 3000. Hmm. Uh, I, and and what the story does is it, it ages the characters as they would age. And so you have a lot of things, you know, that, like, that are core continuity, like the battle with ultra humanite and, uh, um, you know, baking in how Superboy actually met Bruce Wayne before Superman met Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those kinds of things. And so it takes a lot of the things that were established in golden age continuity and then extrapolates on them. Hmm. And the first volume, uh, issues one, two, three, and four are super tragic wildly tragic 
But yet, you know, you've got a smiling Batman in the book and you've got, you know, you've got these two characters who start off as really rugged vigilantes, uh, really kind of having a Silver Age adventure through the book, even though things that are just horribly tragic occur. <laughs> and, you know, John Byrne just illustrates the hell out of it. And even though it, it he's got different colorists working on the book, it is so vibrant, very much in keeping with the way Terry Austin used to ink and color for, uh, for uh, John Byrne. I just, I, the book just pops. And so here, here's the story for you, Paul. When I decided that that's what I wanted to talk about, I'm like, I'm going to go uh, over to Comixology. I'm going to download that book so that I can be fresh on it because I hadn't read it in a, in a while. And it's not available in Comixology. I'm like, well, it's, it's got to be over there on that that DC Infinite, right? It's not available on DC Infinite. It is not mm. available for purchase digitally. So, you know, I, I did what uh, anybody does. I uh, went out to Amazon and I bought the Omnibus book. It's about 50 bucks on uh, on uh, Amazon for for 660-some pages of just glorious artwork. Remember, kids, uh, don't pirate your comic books. Well, and then... <laughs> oh, no. And then I went and I did a search and found... Uh, the CBZs for for this because you know it's a glorious book, Paul. I mean, the book is just. <laughs> I, I showed it to you. It, isn't it gorgeous? It is a gorgeous, it is gorgeous. Book. Yes. And I'm like, I can't read this and you know drink a cup of coffee and you know I I I, I need I, I read my stuff digitally. So I went out to a site. <laughs> and uh, got all three volumes. Well, at least you also purchased the copy. I did. Yes. But, you know, this is my point, is people would much rather pay for their content, give them the opportunity to pay for the content. Content I can't figure out. It's, it's in print, so DC still has rights to this book. They are characters DC Comics owns. I do not understand why this isn't available digitally, and I don't understand why many things from DC are not available digitally. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff that, that I, I want digitally that DC doesn't offer. Yeah. And I would much rather have it in my Comixology app than, you know, have the uh, CBZ reader on my iPad. But that said... Um, I, the story is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, in fact, it is very much in that era of John Byrne storytelling where he is so exposition heavy, where his characters think and talk to themselves a lot. And he tells you things that happens versus showing you things that happens. So, yes, it is a wildly flawed story. In, in the way that it is told. But he draws Superman and Batman with so much heart. Uh, you can tell that he adores these characters. Um, the, the Some of the stories, like I said, are just tragic. <laughs> and you're like, no! You know, I, 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 I really very much enjoy Generations. And if you've not picked it up, I do really recommend the Omnibus book. If you like John Byrne art, you cannot go wrong. Okay. All right. That's very so, exciting. Yeah. Have you read Generations before? I I don't know that I have. I am familiar with it. In fact, uh -huh. I'm pretty sure I've probably I've probably read it. I uh -huh. just uh, or I, I, I well let me clarify. I've probably read some of it. I am yeah. sure I haven't read all of it. Well, it's it like I said, 660 pages. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's a it's a quick read. That's six hundred sixty-six yeah. pages. Well, I did not. Did you say six hundred sixty-six pages? 
660. Oh, okay. I yeah. was like, ooh. No, it's, it's not the mark of the beast, Paul. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to do to me, Aaron? It's not like it's an Ethan Van Skyver book. God. <laughs> Racism. Um, <laughs> you know, I, um, in anticipation of this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, you had reached out to me and said, hey, we're going to discuss your, our favorite Batman stories. And I'm like, oh. I feel like that's difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> Narrow, narrowing it, narrowing down, it down. Because there are so, so, so many great Batman stories. Um, you know, I mean, Batman is a hero. I've, I mean, we're in our, well, we are in, we are middle-aged men. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so we have certainly had a lifetime of Batman stories um, to love. And, you know, of course, the low-hanging fruit is the Batman, the animated series, um, you know, stories and of course you know some of the the iconic stories in within that series like the mr freeze um plot line anything with rachel ghoul i mean i adore those and when it comes to revisiting certain batman stories i tend to to hop into those you know it's because they're just like quick quick 20 minutes i don't have to find a book on amazon um you know i could just revisit my love of batman in in some of those stories that get the core concept of the character and his rogues gallery so so right Mm -hmm. um you know and then i thought okay well you know Looking at my digital collection, there are stories that I haven't revisited in, in recent years, but have really informed the early years of, of funny books, of our podcast. Things like Batman and Robin from Pete Tomasi and Pete um, Gleason. And Pat Patrick Gleason. Gleason. Yeah, and Pat, Pat Gleason. I mean, just the, the stories of Damian Wayne in, and Bruce Wayne, um, you know, connecting as a father and son still have an impact to, to you know, that, that book was in 2011, Aaron. I mean, Damian Wayne's been around a long time and it doesn't, and, you know, it doesn't hit me that, wow, Damian Wayne's been around like 12, 13 years at this point um, in continuity, you know, introduced by Grant Morrison. And I, for what it's worth, as much as I hate some of that Grant Morrison stuff, I actually love some of the Grant Morrison, Damian Wayne stuff. Um, but in, in my heart and also in theme with your omnibus purchase, um, there is an omnibus out on Amazon.com. Now we don't get a kickback, even though we we do have a sponsor link that I just don't remember um, <laughs> for Amazon.com. Uh, Paul Dini, you know, this is tying to the animated series. Paul Dini, one of the pretty much the you know, whereas Bruce Tim may have been responsible for the visual of of Batman the animated series, really the stories, the the, the best stories came from the mind of Paul Dini. Mm-hmm. Obviously inspired by the works of, of many talented comic book writers. Um, Paul Dini actually did a run on detective comics that then spawned into um, his own book uh, called streets of Gotham, um, largely joined by Dustin Nguyen on art, but you know, he had a, a, a number of different artists, uh, but there is a Batman by Paul D- Dini omnibus that tells some of my favorite Batman stories. Um, you know, Paul Dini was on the Batman book. Gosh, I don't remember exactly when, when that run occurred. Um, but you know, he, some of the, st- the, the things that Paul Dini did, obviously he, he did a seek. He actually did two sequels to hush. Um, so he was on, it looks like, uh, this was around 2008 to 2011 is around the time that Paul Dini was on the book. Um, and so he did two sequels to hush. So hush the iconic story from Jeff, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. Um, he did, uh, I think he did a, a book, uh, sequel called heart of hush. 
and then um, you know another one that that were better than the original. Uh, that just were they were uh, the House of Hush was the third one. Just great storylines. He also um, reformed the Riddler. Um, he you know by making the Riddler uh, kind of a detective for hire. And I really loved you know the the, the different takes he had. On these characters, he he changed the ventriloquist from the the classic um, Arnold Wesker ventriloquist to the 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 younger female ventriloquist character. He did a lot of things with the Rogues Gallery that just made them more interesting. Um, obviously, he did a lot of stuff with the Joker and Dustin Wen, one of my favorite Batman artists of all time. Um, you know, largely responsible for the visuals on that run. And so, I really recommend if you've never picked up. Um, any of those stories or, or read any of those stories, there is, like I said, there's an omnibus on Amazon.com, uh, the Batman by Paul Dini omnibus. And it is just, it is iconic Batman storytelling. Hmm, I'll check that out. Absolutely worth reading. Because yeah. huh. I read Hush. I don't recall that I've read any of the follow-ups to Hush. They're so much better. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Let's be clear. Hush is not a well-written comic book. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm glad you said that because I, I, I have always felt like my opinion of a Hush was unpopular in that I, I, I think that Jim Lee's artwork is quite impressive in the mm-hmm. book. Um, I found that the textual narrative was uh, a bit lacking. It was, and the ending is not. It is not very satisfying. No, but what Paul yeah. Dini does with that character of Hush really made that character so much better for me. Um, and, you know, it, while unfortunately a lot of what happened during Paul Dini's run on the book has since been undone, undone. because of flashpoints oh. and convergences and shit like that and sure. infinite crises, um, he did some really great stuff uh, that, that just, especially from the rogues gallery standpoint, um, that I had just not, as as a lifelong reader of Batman, it actually brought some new new excitement to the book in a way that the original hush really didn't. The original hush was like, here's everything you love about Batman for, for 12 issues. You know, it's not going to, we're not going to do anything new about it, but we're just going to throw some pretty art on it and give you a different villain in every issue. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas this, this has the pretty art and does something new um, in the, in the pages of Batman that, that I felt like I hadn't seen before. So I highly recommend seeking out. I, I will check it out immediately following the podcast. But first, Paul, there was a brand new number one. You know, uh, before uh, we uh, get into uh, this number one, Aaron, I do oh, want to mention, oh, oh. You know, because we are releasing this on Batman Day. Um, Batman Day. Bat- Batman Day. Um, <laughs> in addition to the number one we're going to talk about, which is Batman and Robin, number one by Joshua Williamson and I think Paul DeMeo, I think is no, Simone. Mm-hmm. Simone DeMeo. Right. Um, they're also releasing... I don't know if it's in comic shops, but um, Batman Gargoyle of Gotham yes. it is also going to be released as a celebra- as part of the, uh, the the Batman Day celebration. Um, and it's it's a it's a, a new um, black series. I think that's the the name of that line from from DC Comics um, mm-hmm. or Black Label. Oh, the Black, black label. label. It's a new yeah. DC Black Label Mature Readers um, by Raphael Grampa um, that looks just. just Gorgeous, um, you know, very, very different artistic take uh, on Batman. Very dark, uh, you know, kind of more of a horror bent. So we we are not going to talk about that, but we'll talk about it next time we're on Funny Books um, because it it genuinely seems interesting. But the one that did come out yeah. already that we can't talk about is Batman and Robin number one, an exciting new chapter. But, 
by Joshua Williamson and Simone DeMeo. Joshua Williamson, who, I don't know, I mean, that dude writes like half of DC's books, you know, because he's also <laughs> writing Superman. Um, he wrote that uh, that Night Night Terrors crossover. Like, he is DC's, uh, DC's go-to dude right now. He also wrote that uh, yeah. that Dark Crisis, which, you know, for better or worse. Right. Mostly the worse. Right. So, Aaron, you know, are you caught up on your Batman? So... That's a good question because I I'm right I'm I'm reading the main Batman book mm-hmm. but I sat out all the Lazarus Planet stuff Yeah and the 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 nightmare and, the nightmare uh whatever the, the 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 night terrors I think crossover Yes yeah. yeah I certainly didn't get into that but you know all the stuff that happened with Damien prior to that um like I've not really read a book with Damien in it uh, other than guest appearances in John Kent Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, Damien seemed very different to me in the pages of this book, and I'm not sure if that's because things have happened. That happened in the, or, in the um, as it was at, at the end of Batman versus Robin and the Lazarus Planet see, crossover. Um, yeah, that yeah that, they Damien. reconnected um, after at the end of that crossover. And, you know, the, the current continuity of Batman, which is, Kicks off, I think, kicked off last week in the pages of Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War. Mm-hmm. So Batman, you know, Batman, as a result of night terrors, basically went into a coma, um, you know, and and slept for I don't know, like uh, something along the lines of like eight weeks. Uh, um, well, he was he tired. Was, he was very tired as a result. He, he went into that coma and slept, and and you know, it, it's. If you read Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War, it's very interesting because Batman, like, he wakes up and they're like, you've been asleep for, like, eight weeks. Um, yeah, eight weeks. There it is, eight weeks. He literally just gets up and, and starts, um, you know, swinging around Gotham. And I'm like, that's not how bodies work. <laughs> like, <laughs> he probably needs to go to rehab to learn how to walk again <laughs> to right. get those yeah. legs moving. Uh, yeah, he would certainly not have retained his muscle tone in his yeah, Exactly. Um but you know, so that that kicked off last week. You know, Chip Zdarsky is is the current writer of the main Batman title, um, and so Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War. During Batman's coma, Catwoman has basically taken over the Gotham crime, just Gotham crime in general. And what she's done is all these hench people that have worked for Batman's Rogues Gallery over the years. She's taking them, and rather than reformed them, she has basically built a crime school. And she has basically figured out how to train all of these henchmen and henchwomen to be cat burglars like her. And 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 also has established rules of only, you know, rob when they're not home, only rob from the rich, stuff like that. Like, she's, she's literally, like, established rules around crime in Gotham. And as a result... The rogues gallery doesn't have henchmen to uh, to perform their tasks for them, and violent crime in Gotham has dropped like a rock. Um, the only crime that actually happens in Gotham when Batman wakes up is pretty much, I mean, the majority of yeah, what what crime is left is this cat burglary, and so you know, in the pages of Batman, Catwoman, Gotham War, um, Batman, the Bat family is at odds with each other over this. You know, Batman is very much crime is crime. And Catwoman's like, we're only hurting rich people. And Batman literally says, my parents were those rich people. 
Um, you know, it, it, it's it's very you know it's 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 a it's an interesting moment because you know she's like I'm we're only really heard you know we're only robbing from the rich and he's like that's literally what caused me to become Batman is someone robbed from the rich and ended up killing my parents. Um, but many of the members of the Bat family, because this has actually caused such a decrease in crime in Gotham, a lot of the Bat family takes Catwoman's side, except Damien. And so that's where we start in Batman and Robin number one, which is that Batman is on the outs from his Bat family. And, you know, him and Damien are basically operating on their own, separate from the Bat family who they're at odds with. And before we get into the contents of Batman and Robin number one, I want to clarify that I find the whole concept of the storyline fucking ridiculous. Because um, <laughs> the fact that, like, Nightwing and... You know, Tim Drake and all of them are like, maybe Catwoman has a point to the point that they're willing to fight Batman over it, like physically fight him. I'm like, this seems this does not ring true at all to any of these characters. So I hope that the storyline will prove that, hey, maybe we were just going undercover to get under her skin. <laughs> because the fact that the Bat family is actually siding with someone who's like, yeah, I just changed crime. Um <laughs> You know, and they're like, you know what? Maybe she's right because crime is down, and we're and we're not really hurting anyone except the rich. She can have a point. <laughs> I just find it utterly. I love. I love what I. Lo I've, obviously, I've not read the book you're talking about, but I love Batman's response. My parents. <laughs> were, yeah, I mean, I mean that is just as tone deaf as she could possibly yeah. be. Uh, particularly somebody who claims to love Bruce yeah. Wayne. It's, it's uh, so it, yeah. the, the storyline. And don't get me wrong, I have actually quite enjoyed Chip Zdarsky's run on Batman, yeah. despite the fact that it is, has a lot of Zer and R in it. Um, but it, the storyline does not ring true to these characters no. at all. And I, I have to say, I am fed up with the storyline of Batman's on the outs with his I am family. Too. I'm just like, come on. It, there are other storylines. I mean, I understand that comic books are cyclical, right? You know, characters been around for you know almost 90 years. By the way, we are coming up on a 90th anniversary on Batman in the next what, yeah, five years. Um, I mean, that's crazy that we've been telling Batman stories that long. And so I understand that we're going to recycle, but I wish we would put them on a longer rotation. Yeah. Me too. Because it just seems like we are always on the outs with the Bat family. Um, so I want to talk about this book two different ways. Um, I want to talk about uh, the narrative storytelling, and then I want to talk about the art. Yes, because and, and let me let me say I found the narrative storytelling in this book rather compelling. Um, I enjoyed how distilled Damien felt. Mm -hmm. And and uh, you know rather fresh uh, the there is there is a fresh angle to him that that at least I'm not familiar with and maybe it was included in the other books but there is a scene where it looks like Damien is either writing fiction yeah or he is you know uh, mapping out a comic book maybe <laughs> I mean because he's got illustrations in it and he's got blocks of narrative and I'm like. I'm really interested in this side of Damian Wayne, um, you know, because it's not the murder kid, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, he, he's not the little, you know, Rash, Rash al Ghul assassin. He is, he's doing something that kids yeah. do. And I was fascinated by this page. And by the way, the page is beautifully. It drawn. is. Um, uh, now, I, I do, I, one of the things that I'll say about Joshua Williamson 
I, I find his writing inconsistent. I don't love everything he does. I, I certainly didn't like Dark Crisis. Sure. Um, yeah. But much like the work he's done, he's doing on the core Superman title, he has found a way to distill these characters back to the core concept while still finding yeah. a way to tell fresh progressive like here's the you know here's the the next obvious evolution of this character like lois lane being the editor-in-chief of the daily planet so he Mm -hmm. finds a way to distill it back to the core concept of these characters and supporting characters while also finding a way to bring them forward um and i find that very much in this batman and robin book as well you know with the the bruce wayne and damian wayne dynamic the brownstone um you know in, in gotham things like that yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I do feel like the characters are very centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even though I dislike some of the character stories that are going on, like Bruce being out on the outs with the rest of the Bat family, I did really enjoy the depiction, particularly the depiction of these characters in their secret identities. Yeah. And had you not like, even had it not even been mentioned, you like you could have removed two word balloons from this comic. And removed Mm -hmm. all ties to the Gotham War stuff going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, there is a reference to, given my current relationship with, you know, Selena, you know, yada, yada. And so, you know, I gathered that there was was some tension there beyond the fact that she left him at the altar. But, (laughs) you know, I I really, I, I think the scene in particular with Damien in the kitchen making breakfast Mm -hmm. works super well. And it works really well both in the text as well as in the artistic storytelling. I mean, it's all very golden hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I think those scenes are illustrated beautifully. And this is where I want to switch over to talking about the art. Because largely, the art just did not work for me in this book. I, I wanted um, to. And I, I think, you know, for yeah. me, I think um, it, it has potential uh, mm-hmm. I think where the art falters for me, because it, it oh, quite frankly, it visually can fold in very well with the Superman book um, mm-hmm. that Joshua Williams also writes, or jo- Joshua Williamson also writes. I think it it has s- strong potential. I think it is a bit too over engineered yes. um, in, in special effects and and computer generation um, and coloring. I don't mind some of the neon s aspects of it, you know, that Batman Beyond flare, but mm-hmm. it's a bit too much to the point that some pages i'm it's, like okay hold on what's 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 going on yeah, here <laughs> what's going on yeah like the, it, it like is visually on, loud yeah, it's very loud you know it yeah it is there are pages where batman and robin are doing stuff and to your point i'm like what are they doing like you don't really you know get because that, that they have jetpacks on on the first page of you know on the on the major yes. splash page yeah and that it, it yeah. just because of the because it's just it's very loud and there's too much going on on the page. You would think Batman and Robin flying through the sky on jetpacks towards a Zeppelin should yeah. be a bit more of an iconic image. And it just, it, it's a bit too busy, but clearly Simone DeMeo can draw because I, when you, when you start distilling and you know, and you're, you're filtering in your mind out the background, the characters are doing amazing yeah. things. It's. I feel like the colorist and the inker kind of went crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the color palette in certain parts of the book are just objectionable. I don't like the 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 way the colors are painted. Uh, you know, the there's a lot of blue and red and purple. Well, and I wanted to just uh, make a note of clarification, here, and I don't mean to cut you off. Apparently, it's all handled by Simone DiMeo. 
Well, so, I, but maybe it should so, be. Yeah, maybe, I don't, maybe, maybe, I, I, should, yeah, maybe, um, I, you know, Simone should do the but, pencils and someone else can do the colors or the finishes. Yeah. I think the pencils are great. I, I, I think it's the color that is, is, uh, not working for yeah. me. And perhaps the, you know, manipulation of the backgrounds, because like there, there is so much noise on the page, I, you know, and I love that the backgrounds are developed. That's something that I really enjoy in my art. But the the colors on the on the page are just not working. They're too much in the foreground. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just it feels like explosions happening across. Whereas when he chooses or I I. I, I think I'm not sure. Uh, I don't want to gender Simone, but uh, oh, when the artist when the artist uh, chooses to draw a simpler scene, like the scenes in the brownstone, those really work. Mm. The scene, the the fight scenes, the crazy scenes, the chaos scenes. I can't tell what's going on. Yeah, and I just I don't think that I don't think that is the intent. Uh, you know, there's a scene where we see, you know, the all the, you know, the different gang members and we're it's shooting uh, from below them. So, you know, you get the the furries and the shark men and, and what have you. And all of those characters are drawn so well. But then there's this noise in the background and you almost don't even notice man bat. Yeah. You know, who's kind of a big deal in this story, but on that page, you barely even notice him because he blends in so much to the background. And uh, just to clear, Simone de Mayo is is a male. I mean, as far as, you know, there's not a declaration of pronouns on his X page, but, um, you know, he he does appear to be male, um, Italian artist. And if you look at the, his X page, it does appear like there's a lot of black and white artwork that does kind of. Mm for me, support the point that we're trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So it's, it, it's a bit, now don't get me wrong. I like the book. I very much like, yeah, the no, book. it's a good book. Um, I just not really wild about yeah. the artwork. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, some of it really works and others, other pages don't, but I do recommend it and I'll pick up issue yeah. two. Same here. Yeah. Same here. And, um, you know, for, for, I, just a, a little bit of an update on the Gotham War. One thing I forgot to mention, because if you're not reading uh, the Gotham War, that's running through the pages of Batman and Catwoman. Um, you know, and we, we mentioned the Brownstone because Bruce Wayne during, I don't know, a, a number of arcs ago lost uh, Wayne Manor. And I think he, he, he handed over Wayne Enterprises to Lucius Fox, but he's like, he's rich people broke. Right. Um, huh, right. And uh, so the, the new owner of Wayne Manor is actually Vandal Savage. Oh no! Yes. So very. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 curious if you know coming out of Gotham War, we'll see uh, Wayne reclaim Bruce Wayne reclaim his his fortune and his enterprise. We'll see. But anyway, Batman and Robin. Yeah, you know, we didn't we we did not talk about this about Batman and Robin. But one of the the really interesting story notes in the book is this is the first time. Batman and Damien, or Bruce and Damien, are living together where Alfred's not mm. there to be the mediator. And I think that is a super interesting part of this story, and I cannot wait to see where it goes. Because it's making... Bruce has always been able to rely on Alfred to be the go-between. And he doesn't have that anymore. And so he's having to be more parental, mm-hmm. because he always kind of relied on Alfred to to be that figure. Yeah. 
And now he's having to lean into it. And I think that is a really interesting place for this story to go. So, uh, you know, while I miss Alfred and I'm ready for Alfred to be back, I think this is a perfect way to tell this story. So anyway, I'm eager to see where this goes. Well, hey, we want to know how you observed Batman Day. Give us a shout at funnybooks at iomgeek.com. And if we use your message on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, iomgeek on Facebook, Instagram, and X. What a deal. Well, Paul, I am so glad we were able to uh, hop on and share some Batman for this glorious, lovely Batman. Really one of the best holidays there is. It really is. It really is. If we just figure out which day it's going to land yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what makes it so grand. It's a mystery. Because you never know when Batman Day can strike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> See you next time, folks. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. <laughs>